and welcome to Counterpressed on the Ringer and Spotify. We're not in our usual London studio. We've gone on the road. We're in Birmingham. It's myself, Jesse Parker Humphreys, and producer Becky, and a special guest, England and Aston Villas, Rachel Daly. Rachel, how are you doing? Fantastic. Thank you. How are you? Good. You're all in your um, bright and sparkly Adidas gear. So thank you. Shout out to Adidas as well for setting up the time today. Um, is this your usual vibe and are you like a streetwear kind of gal are you oversized what's your usual what's your usual vibe yeah I would say street vibe is me um but this is my favorite color to be fair so it suits you it works I think you're a purple gal um we're in Birmingham obviously your new home with Aston Villa so how is life in Birmingham treating you yeah I can't say I spend much time in the city but uh Aston Villa life in general is going pretty well. Um, love being in the team. The, the girls are great. Uh, we're doing pretty well. Um, so I can't complain. I'm really happy to be home and I really enjoy it in Aston Villa and, and, and in and around the girls every day. So, yeah, I can't really complain, to be honest. And what's it like being at you know a big club, obviously, because especially in this this part of the world, there are two teams in this city, Birmingham and Aston Villa. So what's it like being part of a, a club where like everyone recognises that crest and like everyone is so devoted to the club? Do you get a sense of that when you're just, even if you're not in the city, but around the area as well? Yeah, honestly, there's so many people. Every day I see someone in a Villa shirt. Um, they're really like diehard fans, which is quite cool. I like that. Obviously, being a Leeds fan, they're the same. But yeah, I didn't realise how many Villa fans were in the area because obviously there is quite a lot of teams, Birmingham, West Brom, Villa. You know, there, there is quite a lot of Midlands teams, uh, but Villa definitely definitely takes the lead in, in, you know, in and around the area, in the community, and there's a lot of Villa bars and stuff around the area. So, yeah, there's a lot of hardcore fans here. Do you get spotted much? Because I know, like, obviously, after England won the Euros, I think everything's changed for a lot of players, and so many players have spoken about like going to Sainsbury's and getting absolutely mobbed, or people asking for pictures. But around here, because Aston Villa is, is is such a big part of the city, have you had a lot of people coming up to you and being like, you know, a massive Villa fan or anything like that? Yeah, it actually, quite it happens quite a lot to be honest. Um, I was shopping the other day and it was twice in the same day, which is. Not usually as common. Where, it's... where were you? What's your shop? Tell <laughs> that us about was your shop. I was like, please ask is the it, question. <laughs> is it big Tesco? Is it small no, Tesco? No, do you want to know? It was Primark Home. <gasps> oh, yeah. interesting. I saw some things in the window and I was driving past on my way through to Home Bargains because I love oh, Home Bargains. Oh, oh, right. Right. Um, yes, yes. And where I live, there's a big, big like retail park and it's yes. got everything there. And I was yes. tra- you have to drive past the Primark to get to the Home Bargains. I'm a yes. proper bargain shopper. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, B&M and all that. Yes, love B&M. It. Shout out to them. <laughs> Wilco? Yeah, like, went yeah, there great. yesterday. Yeah, yeah. great. <laughs> love Wilco. Yeah. Same. Um, <laughs> I need to see a Rich Daily B&M Hall. Home Bargains Wilco's Hall on yeah, Instagram. You should do like should one do of those come shopping with me in with this what I bought. Yeah, like yeah. this is the new like I do one every day with, with my mum though. <laughs> uh, we, we live for those moments. Um, yeah, so I was driving past on my way through and I looked in the window I was like, oh, some really nice little bits in there so I'm going to go in and yeah, I got spotted in there. Um, what do people do? Do they come up or do they just stare at you weird? Actually, it was twice in Primark, to be honest. One was actually really lovely, and I stopped and said to myself, that was really nice because it was a family, um, and the little girl was staring at me for ages, and I thought, are you going to come up? Are you going to say, can I have a picture? Are you going to want an autograph? What is it? And she stared at me for ages, and then eventually the parents came over, and no, the daughter came first, and she said, 
I'm a really big fan. Um, watched your game the other night against Man U. You played really well. And that was it. And I was like, oh, thanks. And then the parents were like, we're really big fans. Like, keep doing what you're doing and just walked away. So what, no picture, so I, No, nothing. and I really appreciated that because, yeah. you know, like this, I'm all for the fans. Stop whenever I see them, of course. But it doesn't happen very often where they just congratulate you and don't want anything from you. Uh, so that was quite nice. And then as I was making my way to the home section then, um, uh, a lady and a man said to me, oh, our granddaughter's a big fan. Um, can I take a picture of you? And I was like, of me or with me? <laughs> and she just, said, no, no, just of you. <laughs> she was like, of your haul from Primark. Yeah, so I, like, like, yeah, yeah, about you. I want to see the bargain. I'm like, here I am with all my cheek bags. Um and then, then the the man said, "No, I want to get in. I want to get in." I was like, "So it's for you, <laughs> not your granddaughter." Yeah, the, the granddaughter doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it happens quite a lot, to be honest. Then I went to the cinema, not the cinema, bowling that night. And what a busy what day! A day. <laughs> yeah, it was a great day. And <laughs> the lady said, "Oh, uh, my partner's a big fan. Can I just go and get her for a photo?" So I was like, "Yeah, sure." So obviously tried my luck. I said, "Do I get free bowling now?" <laughs> and she was like, "Yeah, I'll put you down for two free games." So, Sick. so that was fun. Um, so sometimes there are you know pays to you know maybe yeah get yeah yeah. Bonus. Any other good free stuff you've managed to cash in? Uh, no, I can't think off the top of my head. But bowling you know, is I, I will certainly try my luck with anyone that wants to. <laughs> but this morning on my way here, actually, a guy knocked on my door, um, and he was the landscaper doing work next door, and said. Gave me his card and I thought, oh, that's nice. Might need some gardening work done. And then he said, yeah, uh, heard you're a footballer. Um, my, my daughter's a big fan. Uh, so maybe I could stop by and get an autograph one time. And I was like... <laughs> Yeah, are you going to landscape my garden for yeah, a big discount? So, yeah, yeah so. exactly. You've got to expect some kind of yeah. payoff about it. What's the worst? Oh, you don't have to tell us because you don't want to call out fans, but has there been a really bad fan interaction since the Euros that sticks out to you? Um, like, what are the we, common we, mistakes we that people make? We can also bleep things out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's not really been bad. I think what I find difficult is when I'm with my family and I'm having private time, mm. um, if I'm out for food or, you know, I'm spending time with them, which I don't get to see very often. It's hard when they come up to you and you're out having dinner and you want to you want to speak to them and you want to see them and spend the amount, best amount of time possible with them. That's when I find it the most difficult. But it's not bad. Um, yeah, I don't think I've had any bad interactions. But I think the hardest part is that because women's football, women's footballers are so accessible mm. that like people know where you live, and I don't like that. You know, I was I was actually walking out the other day. Um, who are we playing? Chelsea, I think, and one of the kids was like, I know where you live. Oh. <laughs> and I was a bit like, okay, <laughs> weird. Like, how? Mm. I'd just moved in literally like two weeks before yeah. to my new house, so I was a bit like, hmm, how does that happen? Yeah. Um, and I find that quite hard because obviously people know where you live when you're away. Um, so big yeah. security camera fan. <laughs> <laughs> Get your, your ring doorbell. Yeah. <laughs> Has it been strange having that as a, sh a shift as well? Because I guess like, Premier League footballers, like they go from the age of 18 to however long their career is being recognised. But yeah. I guess that's something that must have changed for you, both in terms of like moving back to England as well, right? Like, yeah, it was definitely the Euros. That was the biggest shift. Um, it was like, relentless. Like, every day I saw someone that recognised me, which, do you know what? It's like we've worked our whole lives for that moment. Mm. Um, 
not to just be recognised, but for people to recognise women's football, um, not as individuals, but, you know, for your achievements and what you've done as a team. And obviously the summer was a big turning point, but I think that is the biggest shift because it's it's it, it's not just, you know, your local football fans who you go into a sports shop and they know who you are. It's, it's everywhere now, which is it's really nice. Uh, but you definitely have to be more aware of what you're doing and what you're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's snapping a pick yeah. at you? It, does it come with a pressure as well? Because... Um, like obviously those who who covered the game and followed the game like they were already given like players that recognition but did, does it feel a pressure where you feel like sometimes you're carrying like the sport on your shoulders as well um in a way yeah but i think you know that's that's our job we do it every day um we've always done it and it's now just more visible um so i think that's maybe what's more of a pressure is that people are more aware of mm. you and your surroundings and what you're doing and your behaviour and how you act on and off the pitch and, and things like that. But like I say, I think it's the accessibility piece is hard for me. Um, obviously, there's so many more fans at games now and it's it's not as simple as signing one person's autograph. It's, it's you know, you have to sign everyone. If you don't sign everyone's, then everyone gets mad. Mm. Um, whereas we could do that when there's 100 people at the game and, we, you know, but now the fans are... You know, you see what you're getting at the Emirates and, and, and for England games. There's a lot of fans and we can't please everyone. And that's I think that's the hardest thing for us is the, that transition of we've we've been so interacting with the fans for our whole lives and now it's kind of we actually can't. And, yeah, it's, it's, that's the pressure. And I think maybe fans not realising how difficult that is. And even after I leave the Villa games, I mean, people are banging on my car as I'm driving out and it's, you know, it's things like that where it's, that's well. they don't have that in the men's game. You know, mm. you, you're guided out in a different exit and you've got security and loads of people around you. But I think that's the pressure of, yeah, if I open my window for you, I'm opening it for everyone. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I don't get home. <laughs> like, I'm just <laughs> as angry that later. we've lost. Yeah. I don't want to speak. I want to go home. And, yeah. and, you know, and that's, I think that's the hardest part for me. I mean, let's focus on obviously that Euros moment because you mentioned attendance at the Emirates and those big games, but obviously so many people will never actually know what it's like to play in that kind of atmosphere. Talk to us about Wembley that day, like the noise, the nerves. What was it like being in that game? Yeah, everyone always asks that question, but I don't really remember it, I think, because... You know, as a footballer, you've you've got a job to do, and you know you can't. You've got to see the surroundings and soak it up as much as you can. Obviously, you may never get that again, but it was. We were all just so focused on the job that I actually don't remember initially walking out and feeling that it was. There was a moment in the game. It was like 15 minutes into the first half, and I was like, I went to get whenever it was. I went to get the ball for a throw in, and I looked up and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "There's loads of people." <laughs> And I felt the noise, like I yeah, felt it. Yeah. Um, but then I just focus switch again, and you're back in. And yeah. then it wasn't till I think after the game. Uh, what was the when you feel that noise? Does it make you feel sick or like what, what's that feeling? Not me, no. But I feel like I felt the ground beneath me sort of shake for a moment. It was oh. it was quite surreal. Yeah. Um, I've only had that twice in my career. What was the other time? Semi final of the World Cup in France. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, probably from the, you know. American fans, but um, <laughs> no, it was, yeah, there were two moments in my career where I felt that, but it was a split second and it was like, right, on yeah. the job. But um, I think it was after the game where we realised 
there's a load of people here supporting us and we've just won. Yeah, and what was it like at the final whistle when you obviously like got to go over and see your friends and your family? Is that when you kind of snapped out of that moment and thought, this is actually real life, we've actually won this? Yeah, I remember sitting on part of the stage with Hempo and Chloe at the end of the game. I don't know why I ended up sitting there or how we ended up sitting there. And I just, I think I had them both in my arms, my little kids. Um, <laughs> and I, I was just like, what's just happened? Like, we've just mm. done that. Like, we've spoke about that for months and months and weeks and weeks and we've just done it. And I remember Jill being like, grabbed me and was like, we've done it. And I was like, I know. <laughs> and it was like those kind of moments were really, really surreal. Yeah. You know, because it's like we've we've worked so hard to get to that point. And, you know, on the day of the final, I remember just getting the bus and thinking, one more game. Yeah. Like, we can do it. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it actually soaked in until probably a few days after the Euros. And I know so many, so many players, when I asked them about, obviously, the situation England were in at that point, so many players say, yeah, I thought we were going to get a goal and find a way before it went to penalties. But did you did you genuinely think, like, we're going to find a winner here? Yeah, and I think the turning point from that for that was the Spain game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, backs were against the wall in that game massively and it takes a special team to turn that round against a team like Spain in the heat of the moment, you know, quarterfinal of the Euros. It's, you know... Up until that point, I don't think anyone thought we're going home. And, you know, I've been in tournaments and stuff before where you've packed your bags and, you know, mm. you think we might lose here. But n- never for one minute did we have that. And I think I think I can speak for everyone in that sense that no one ever thought we're going to go home. Um, and I think that, that from that moment forward, it was like, we can do this now. Yeah. Like, we've just overcome that as a team dug deep, got got through, got over the line. And then, yeah, I think when, when obviously when Germany scored, it was like, yeah, just, I, I don't, it's hard because I, I was on the bench at that moment towards the end of the game and I became a fan. <laughs> like I wasn't a player anymore. So I was nervous in that sense. Like I was like holding onto the edge of my seat. I remember grabbing, like gripping <laughs> Ellen White's leg, like clawing her leg. <laughs> and she was like, Rachel's fine, it's fine, we're fine. I was like, no, I know, I'm not worried. But like, I'm, I'm nervous. Like, it was a weird feeling. I literally felt like I turned into like an England fan. Yeah. Um, so I think I'd never doubted us, but in the moment you have that feeling of like, it's right there, it's right there. When's it going to come? Is it going to come now? Who's going to score it? How is it going to go in? What's this place going to look like? Um, but yeah, I, don't, no, I definitely didn't doubt that we weren't going to win that game before Pens. I um the adrenaline that I felt in that game as a when, fan as a fan <laughs> when um when we got that equalizer against Spain I how how do you deal with that because you're feeling maybe not as cuz I was so nervous and maybe if you're not feeling nervous it doesn't hit you as much but like how do you collect yourself after that moment and be like okay like we have to carry on now and actually find a winner I think it's more nerve-wracking for you guys than us, honestly. I, I, genuinely I almost do. passed out. I'm yeah, not joking. I, I genuinely believe that because I think because we're so focused on what's in front of us, we don't have time to process that. So you do get that bit of a buzz. I think that the only time in a game where I've kind of been like, well, maybe two times, in the Euros, I was like, like was the Norway game. And I was like, we're sick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, they were weird. going in and I was just yeah. like, 
one after the other, I'm like, <laughs> we're six nil up against Norway. Yeah, like, yeah. And we're 4-0 up against Sweden. It was it's it's moments like that. So I think when the maybe the pressure is less because you've got more goals, you kind of a bit more relaxed about it. But I think obviously you celebrate those moments and they're massive victories. And I remember when the, that equaliser went in, I was like, yeah, we got this. But I think that's what I mean when I when I came off. It's then like I'm a fan again. Mm. Um, but on the pitch, it's, it's you just you're doing your job. It's you know it's you can't feel that pressure. You can't feel the nerves. You can't feel the excitement. You you know you never you can't go too high and too low at any point. Um, so definitely more find it more difficult when I'm actually off the pitch. One of the other kind of iconic moments from the Euros off the pitch was the England cowboy hat that just seemed to be attached to you every post-match. Where did you find it? How did you get it? And did you take it with you? Or was it a different cowboy hat every time? Because I feel like there were multiple... No, it, it was different hats. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know where they came from. So I like, launched it onto the pitch. The first one, I think somebody had it on the team and like someone in the crowd threw it on. Yeah. Someone had it and then they threw it to me and like, put it on. <laughs> so, class clown... Obviously, I put it on. And then it, I, every time I walked at the end of the game, walked around the pitch, someone threw a hat at me and I was like, let's all put it on. Don't know where it's been. Don't know who's had it. Um, it just became a thing. But yeah, it was uh, it, Yeah, it was a thing every single game, I think, after that. Do you feel like it's become part of your brand? Because it does feel like the part of the Rachel Daly brand now is like cowboy hat. Is the Maybe, vibe. I think as well, because I was in Texas for so long. That's what we yeah. were going to say. Maybe it's, that's why it's it real Texas a little bit more. Vibe. Yeah. It's Villa you. need to bring out uh, an Aston Villa cowboy, <laughs> cowboy hat. hat. Yeah. <laughs> the new merch. Um, the vibes are like seem really great at Villa at the moment. Um, and there's obviously like some big players that have come in this summer as well. So... What's it like being part of that group? Because it's an exciting time with how you guys have developed this season. Yeah, we're in a good place. Um, you know, recently we've not had the results we've wanted. Um, obviously some tough games. Uh, but the girls are great. Carla's got us all drilled quite well. And, um, you know, off the pitch I think is a big battle. If you, if you get along off the pitch and, uh, you know, you know what it's like in football and sport. And, and you know, you're not going to get on with everyone. But this team genuinely does. Um, it's a really, really nice vibe, which I think carries on to the pitch um, and we're doing well yeah we've got some great players um, I'm sure there'll be some more tweaks in the summer but we've done we've had some good signings last summer January window was obviously a big one for us um, but we're doing well uh, still so many things that we want to work on and want to improve on but kicking on and hopefully get fifth uh, by the end of the season. And I know that your dog, Dexy, has become like the club mascot. So how did... Th I didn't even know like dogs were allowed in the in the um, training my dog is. But <laughs> <laughs> So how did you manage to... That was part to, of the deal. Yeah, yeah. The it's in my contract. <laughs> how did you manage to, to make Dexy like the unofficial club mascot? One day, when I first brought her back from America, I didn't realise how long the days were here. So like training in Houston was... You're going for training, you leave. Is that because of the heat or like? I don't know. Just that's just how it was. We were. We were I was in maybe nine, holiday, that. nine till twelve every day, max. Wow. And I came here and it was like, oh yeah, you're in at nine, so you got to leave at at that point where I was living half eight, and you finish at half three, and I was like, what am I going to do about the dog? Were you I've a bit, never had Were you a bit gutted when you saw the hours? You were like, oh. <laughs> at first I was like, it's a full time job. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't change, change my contract now. I need to bump it off. <laughs> no, but I'd never had to think about what to do with the dog. Yeah, um, yeah. And I was like, I can't leave her on her own for that long. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know anyone. How am I going to get her out? You know, and then 
I remember saying to Carla, you know, can I bring her in? Like, I, I don't know what to do with her. And she was like, yeah, fine. And that was it. Literally, day one, you know, girls who didn't even like dogs fell in love with her. <laughs> Have there especially been other dogs? Ken, especially Kenza. <laughs> obsessed with her. Like, if I don't bring her in, she, the, I actually now get to the point where I, I'm scared to not bring her in because she doesn't come in every day. I, she gets too tired. Like, <laughs> she's worn attention. out and then I don't get the attention off when I get home because she's so tired. <laughs> but when I don't bring her in, I'm literally like, Kenza's coming, Kenza's coming. Because <laughs> she comes in and just flips out at me. She's like, why? Why have you not brought I don't get it. Like, she's sat at home and like, She's tired, Ken, so she needs a rest. Yeah, but it's not fair. Like, I need to see her. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, it just became a thing, and then everyone just wanted her there, and she's very happy being on her own now. Um, yeah. She always has been. She, she's very chilled. So, you know, I tried to bring her in, like, once, maybe twice a week for Kenza, particularly. <laughs> um but she loves it, yeah. She loves all the girls. She's so chilled. So she literally just has her own little bed in the change rooms and sits there. And I think it kind of, it makes everyone's day. She makes everyone's day. When we're coming from training, you know, you've had a hard session or whatever, and she's running at you wagging her tail. It's like a little therapy dog. Yeah, she, group, that's right? what they say. That's yeah. exactly what they say she is in the change room. So everyone loves her. But she looks like a fox. So when I let her out, like the security, I can see them like, <laughs> fox. <laughs> has anyone else brought in their dogs or is it just like, this uh, is running the shop? Sai, Simone, she brings her dog. She's got a little pug, Paddy. Dexy absolutely hates him. It's awful. Oh, I thought I was going to say, are they yeah, best pals? No, Dexy's horrible to him. <laughs> uh, bless him. But they, they went to coffee together yesterday. Not just them two, obviously. <laughs> a little date. Um, and there was some slight improvement. So hopefully, hopefully they get there because Paddy's a lovely little thing. He's, he's gorgeous. So Dexy's just rules the roost. But no, no one else has actually brought their dogs in. Just well, a diva. <laughs> and I know you like you talked about this so much throughout your career, but obviously, can't like part of coming back to Villa was you were going to start up front for Villa and be that like core number nine. And actually, yesterday when we were watching the um, Chelsea Liverpool game in the afternoon, if you, I don't know if you saw this, but at the end they put this gra- graphic up of like England's the England squad, England for the squad for the Euros, and it was like Rachel Daly, and it said in brackets, "Now a striker." <laughs> because yeah, it was all about it. people being injured, yeah. and it was like almost like you had a injury that had turned <laughs> you, you into you a had a rebrand, basically. Yeah. And it does seem funny because it's like it's almost just like being part of your like career at times, like playing in the US. Is it quite nice to come here and be like, "Yes, I am a striker, guys." It is, but like I saw a tweet the other day, and it was like. Um, Exactly what you said, like a rebrand. It was someone who said something like, oh, Villa have used Rachel so well uh, in the nine. Who would have thought she could have been a striker? I'm like, <laughs> the rest of my career, <laughs> maybe? I was like, well, I have played there a s- substantial amount of my career. Um, so that that frustrates me a little bit because mm. I'm like, have you just turned the telly on? Yeah, like, yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've been a forward my whole career. Um but yeah, I think that was a big selling point was that Carla was, you know, absolutely you're a number nine. You, you know, we want you as a number nine because there's been moments in my career where I've gone, maybe I should play fullback now because I want to be the best for England and mm. I want to be the best in that position. And, I, you know, I've I've not mastered that position by any means. Like I've, I've just kind of adopted it. Um, I do really enjoy fullback, but it was always, am I going to love it the way I love playing forward? And I always felt like, 
playing full, but there was always like more of a point to prove to myself. I put more anxiety on myself, more stress on myself. And I was always so caught up in how I've played and what I need to do rather than I think as a forward, it becomes more natural to me. So, you know, it's it's little movements. It's it's less stressful um, over the last few years. I think I've, I've adapted, adapted to it quite well um, over the last couple of years. But in the past, it was it was a nightmare for me. A few years ago, I remember beating myself up every game. Like, I could have had the best game at fullback, but I've been like, no, I gave that ball away. Or no, she beat me once. Um, whereas, obviously, I absolutely do that when I miss chances as a forward. But I think because it, it was more comfortable and more natural for me, it was a little bit less stressful. Um, but, yeah, so I, I obviously went back and forth. Whether do I want to play fullback? You know, I got some some club coaches coming in saying, yeah, we're definitely signing you as a fullback. And then the other one's going... No, you're definitely the number nine, and then it was kind of a choice: which way do I go? And yeah, I think at this stage of my career, I wanted to continue playing as a forward at club, and if if that meant having to play somewhere else for England, and you know, so be it. Um, I say it to everyone all the time in every single interview that I'll play anywhere, mm. and I truly will, and I and I do enjoy it. So, um, I think it's actually helped my game playing in different positions. Um, but yeah, I think I don't, I don't actually know what your question was. I think you did, I think you covered it because I know obviously you get asked it all the time. I, I was going to ask what were those conversations like within England about where you play? Because I feel like during the Euros, it obviously felt like you really nailed down that fullback spot. So. I know about that. <laughs> <laughs> it felt less unusual. You know, you were starting at every game there. But obviously when Phil Neville was coach... It was more like you were kind of in and out of the starting lineups, and I think that felt stranger. Like watching you play for the dash and being like, "She's so clearly playing as a striker, and we're not using her in that way." And then she's kind of in and out of the team, and and it's not clear where her position is. What what was that like in terms of talking to to Phil, and then also I guess talking to Serena when when she came in? Yeah, to be honest, both of them were very very transparent, which is nice. And I, for me, I personally need that. I don't want to be in any grey area and obviously very different conversations between the two, but still both at the same time very transparent with what they saw in me and, what you know, um, where they were going to use me. And, you know, throughout Serena's time, she's been really good at, you know, kind of managing my expectations of where I'm going to be, where I'm going to play, where I'm going to be used. You, you know, it could be, we're going to look at your left back all week, but then play you as a nine at the end of the week or, you know, vice versa and, I think just knowing that and having that clarity and not being like, you are just a left-back, you are just a number nine, it's like knowing that there could be change rather than, let's say, working on left-back all week and then mm. you're just throwing in the number nine without, you know, it's it's um, people think it's quite an easy switch and it's, it really isn't. Um, so I think I've definitely benefited from those open, honest conversations and them understanding me and my needs and me understanding them and what they want. Uh, but yeah, Serena's brilliant at it. She's very transparent and and what she sees and what she wants. And coming up, like in terms of your introduction into football, like obviously, so many people know that you're a massive Leeds United fan and you played for the club as well. But what was your first exposure actually to the game, and how did you first start playing? Um, my dad and my brother um, always in the back garden. I don't have many memories as a kid. I think I've lost. All my memories. I don't even know what socks I wore yesterday. I don't know what's <laughs> happened to me. Maybe I've headed the ball too much. <laughs> um, but all my my memories of playing football in the back garden on the street with my brother and my dad and, and going to watch them play was the highlight of my week. 
um, it would literally get me through school is, is going to see my brother on a Saturday morning, then my dad's in the Saturday afternoon, then my dad again on Sunday. And Did they play to quite a high level then, or was it? My dad was semi-pro cool. at, at his highest point. Um, he actually had trials at, at Premier League clubs at the time, but tore his groin on the weekend before, so never actually got the chance to do that. So it would have been nice to see where he could have gone, but my brother, no, he was just local. Um, he'll kill me for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please, not... Sorry, Andy, I hope you're not listening. Um, uh, but... Yeah, he was good. He was he was good, and you know we we all played up front, and they give you that edge that you just want to be like them. I want to play like them and be better than them, I suppose. But yeah, I, I thank count my lucky stars every day that I had that growing up, uh, just playing on the street until I got kicked out, kicked back in um, by my mum. So yeah, I think that they were definitely my fondest memories. And when did it shift from? you obviously taking such a passion for football to actually realising that you're pretty good at it and this could be your career and I'm, you're going to go to America and play college. Like, when was that shift? Um, I think quite a young age and it was less about me thinking I was good but everyone telling me, like, or telling my family, she's good, she's going to play, she's going to play pro, blah, blah, blah. But as a kid, there was not, you know, it was like, okay, play pro. Obviously, that was my dream but what did that look like? Um definitely not what it is now what I thought it was going to be so uh, I think everyone sort of told me and said you know little snippets of I'm good and I knew that I had, I had something didn't know where didn't know what it was going to be what it was going to lead to but I think the belief from everybody around me uh, gave me that confidence but yeah I obviously played for Leeds Academy all the way through the youth age groups and then obviously started to get into the England youth age groups um and then I just randomly made a decision to go to America. That was never in my plans, ever. I think everyone had that when they watched Bend It Like Beckham. But <laughs> did I think I was going to go and leave home and do that at the time I did? No. Um, so that was just a... That was a very almost last-minute kind of decision, believe it or not. And so how did it come about? Did, it, did like, a scout find you or...? No. Um, I was playing for Lincoln at the time in their first team. Um, and... I wasn't in England senior team, so I kind of felt like it was a bit of a, I was at a bit of a standstill. What do I do from here? I was playing left back then at the time. Um, what do I do? Where do I go from here? I can't. I want to make it to, you know, if if I'm not achieving the best, then why am I doing it? You know, um, how can I make myself better? What can I do to improve? And then um, I knew some of the girls had gone to America, and I spoke to the coach at my university at the time, and <laughs> I mean it was the challenge was near 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 enough impossible to get me there because I'd been out yeah you can only be out of education for two years I was out for three years at the time um so I had to actually sit out my first full year of uni to play football um I was ineligible which was that was a big what big, did you do just challenge. train then yeah it was awful because I had to study which I didn't like <laughs> and train and I had no I'd, what were your you know, grades like because I know in college it's like you got to hit a certain thing yeah, to qualify 3.5 GPA that was good <sighs> yeah, it was 4.0 as the highest so I did pretty well <laughs> what was your favourite subject <sighs> something to do with sport yeah. <laughs> sport science yeah. yeah I actually quite liked um, I did I in America you, you can major in a degree and then minor in one so mm. I did major in sports management oh I did I'm, that at yeah. Miami so similar oh vibe. nice yeah, yeah. And then I minored in business. Um, so I do like the business aspects of things. So I quite enjoyed those classes. 
What's happened to the Daily Brightness merch? That feels like the entrepreneur side. Of <laughs> What's happened to the merch line? Uh, we had to stop for a little while, obviously, when I was in America. Yeah. Um, it was it was near enough impossible to do, and Millie had all of it. <laughs> Bless her, she was running back and forth to the post office every day. She, she was posting it? Oh, yeah, she did everything. <laughs> Um, and Going I to the post office is the worst job in the world. Yeah, as well, so. exactly. genuinely, yeah. that is the worst. So, and then dealing with the customers, bless her. She had everything. <laughs> she had it all. So I can't imagine her being like, "We're really sorry, your package is late." I like, can. <laughs> no, it was more like, "I sent it on time. It was there. Why are they saying it's not? No, no refunds. Straight we, um, no refunds. We needed to stop that. And you know, it was a time where we both needed to just focus on football and not have any distractions and. I'm sure it will come out again. Um, <laughs> now we're both back together in the country and, yeah, it, things will get a little bit easier, but maybe some more things in the pipeline. Has it been good being back, especially, like, with, with family, but has, has it been good to be back with her? Like, obviously, such a good friend of yours from such a long time through England and stuff. So has it been really nice to, to be close to her again? Yeah, um, she is family to me. I think that's, you know... Having a best friend in football is, is so nice and it's something that I think if you don't have it's 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 a hard it's a hard place to be. Um and I'm I'm very fortunate that I have a friend like her and a best friend like her and yeah, I think her mum and my mum are on the phone more than me and her are, to be <laughs> honest. Um but she's family and, you know, even just seeing her go through this injury now has it's been nice for me to be able to go and see her and and be that support for her. Obviously, she's got loads of friends at Chelsea and her family and things like that. But I think just having that diehard best friend is, you know, you can turn to them whenever you want and pick you up on bad days and celebrate the small wins. So, yeah, it's been nice to be back with her. And when did you guys first meet? Was it kind of love at first sight? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think because we're both from Yorkshire, I think that was kind of... I just heard her say something and then we just hit it off and we just had a laugh ever since. And is it what? What's the kind of when you were away? Was it was it difficult? Obviously, just having those England camps as like when you reunite reunited. No, it's quite nice to be honest because we still obviously talked a lot every day. And well, no, not every day. That's a complete lie. <laughs> um, we've got that friendship where we don't have to speak every day. You know, yeah. it's not weird if we don't. And um, but we did check in a lot more. I think think because I was away. Um. But it was nice because I got to see her on camps and, and actually just spend time with her and that was really nice. But it's definitely easier now I'm back. What is it like winning the Euros with your best friend? Yeah, it's surreal, I think, because obviously everyone's your friend on the team. Your teammates, you do it together. You're in it for nine, ten weeks every day together. You have to, you know, you've, you've got to enjoy each other's company. But I think having your best friend through that, um, on the morning of the game, actually, we, I remember us being in the hotel and, we were absolutely belting out um, Unstoppable by Sia. <laughs> at the, at the Is that top... the one that's like, you're unstoppable, yeah. that one? Yeah. 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 It's become one of my like pre-game songs now. But <laughs> And I remember I was just absolutely belting it out like as if we didn't have a European Championship final today. It Put was your like, energy to good use. It was like we were going on a night out. We were <laughs> on this big bench in the room, like using something for a microphone. Like it was, but and I think it's those moments that I'll remember and cherish. And it's like it didn't feel like the pressure of being in a final. It was I'm I'm just having a good day with my best mate and all my other mates. And yeah, so I think afterwards as well, we we kind of sat down and was like. We did it bestie like 
you know, I think having your best mate through that is obviously is is really nice. It was a different experience on last camp when she wasn't there. That's for sure. Also, in the in the morning, there's the iconic shots, right, of everyone looking like quite hungover the with morning their sunglasses. After. I know what you're talking about? So, <laughs> talk to us about the celebrations as well, because you have that like pre-match kind of excitement. But what was it like afterwards? Because there's obviously, I think there were some kind of news cameras at the hotel capturing everyone like in the dark celebrating. But what was what was the after party like in the next morning? Don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was weird because we we actually were speaking about this on last camp. It was like because we were at Wembley last camp. Yeah, and we got on the bus, and I was like, I don't remember getting on the bus <laughs> from the final. Like, I don't know how. Like, at what point we got on the bus, and there's like little little flashes of memories that I have on the bus. But when we got back to the hotel, it was like. It was so nice because it was like everyone just wanted to be with the family and mm. we could see them all and we got to actually celebrate with them and, you know, they're your support systems, they're your rock throughout the whole thing. They go up and down the country hundreds of miles to, to see you play and, again, be there on your good days and bad days. And so to just to give them a hug and just go, this is for you, basically. I think everyone can say that they did it for their family and that was the nicest part, but, yeah. Don't remember a whole lot after that. <laughs> a classic, how did I get home last night? Yeah. 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 Oh, I didn't about, want to say. About but... three days of that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Looking ahead, obviously, to, to World Cup this summer, now that you've got the Euros and England can sort of clutch onto that because it felt like there was so much pressure on this team to win a home tournament. But now that that's out of the way... Does it feel more relaxed going into another major tournament or does it feel like there's more pressure now because you feel like you ca- you have a best chance you've ever had? Do you know what? I think the pressure comes from outside. Um, I don't think in camp we have a lot of pressure. Um, I don't think we feel it. Um, I think all the pressure that's put on us is from outside noise, um, which is, is, is natural. I think there was, again, pressure on us to win something. We did it. Now it's pressure on us to win something again. Um, but it's a different, you know, it's a completely different kettle of fish, the World Cup, and, you know, we know what we want to do, we know what we need to do, and, and we're focused on that as a team, as a collective. But, yeah, I think a lot of the pressure comes from outside and, and how the noise is generated, but it's not perceived like that on the inside, if, if that makes any sense. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's the World Cup's a different kettle of fish. It's a completely new tournament, and we know what we want to do, we know what we need to do. What's it like playing in tournaments as well? Because obviously the outside noise does create that pressure, but it must be fun as well. I feel like no one actually talks about the fun element in, unless you win. But actually, is it nice being in the camp and like hanging out with everyone? Like, What's it like playing in a major tournament? I mean, yeah, like the Euros, we were together for nine weeks every single day with the same group of people. And we always say this, but and I have conversations about what I remember from the Euros. It's things that we did off the pitch. Um, obviously, it's different. You're at home, you, you know, you can, you, you know, it's comfortable. You're in England, you're not a million miles away from home and your family can come and see you on certain days and things like that. But it's how you create the memories within that I think I'll remember. So I remember one day we literally just played volleyball. One day, the weather was really nice at the Lensbury where we stayed and it was like 12 v 12. Volleyball, staff players, sun was shining, and we played for hours. Like this was between, I think, pre, I think this was between maybe the quarters and semis or semis in the final. And were you on the winning team? 
It was very even, you know. It's, it's, uh, That's it was, a, a, was on the losing team. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it was like we lost, they won. Oh, it was like so, a couple so we of lost, sets. they lost, we lost. Yeah, it was, yeah, we played for hours. So I don't actually know what the end score was, but we definitely celebrated every point like we won the Euro <laughs> final. Um, but it's those moments that you just don't think about football and you just enjoy each other's company. And I think you have to have those moments with each other um, to remember the actual special moments, you've, memories you've created. But I think, you know, there's you've got to appreciate that everybody's different and where somebody might want to do something really active and, and be around everyone. Someone might get their energy from sitting in the room and, and ringing them on. Um, and you have to appreciate that everybody is different and where people get their energy from. And, you know, we have a lot of values within and I think that the girls are so respectful of things like that. Um, you know, it's, it's, like I said, if someone doesn't want to be a part of something, that's totally fine. Um, and I think those are the things that I love about the team is that we just accept everyone for who they are. And you've been part of lots of different England teams, played for lots of different clubs, a few in England, but also in the States. So who are some of the best players you've ever played with in your career? Um, yeah, there's. I mean, I could name every single person on the team in the summer. Uh, but I think a standout player for me was Carly Lloyd. I think she just bleeds excellence. I think she's... She has it all. I think, you know, I've never met somebody so determined, disciplined and driven to do something and achieve it every single day. Like she trained every second of the day the way she played. Um, everything off the pitch she did was all about winning. Everything was, I've never met anyone. So I think she's just a natural winner and she knew what she needed to do. And, and yeah, brilliant player as well. And what are you most excited about as well? this summer because I think the fans get so excited but what do you as a player look forward to with these major tournaments and also just like in your domestic club life what are the, what are the things that make you really excited to play um my love for the game I absolutely love it and you know when I go out to training um for Villa for England whatever whoever it is I I play like it it might be my last session, you know. I think that's, I love it so much and I, I kind of go back to moments when things get too high and things might get a bit too heated in the moment. You know, you you, you take it back and think about what it was like when you were a kid and, and that's what I always look to do. And, you know, I think if you treat it like that for me, that's where I get my enjoyment is just for the love of the game, um, nothing else. Uh, so I think for me, it's it's just playing football. I, 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 we, I went out yesterday to training and just kicked the ball, went out early and kicked the ball with some of the girls for like 20 minutes before the warm-up. And I was like, I could do this all day. <laughs> like, it is so fun, just <laughs> blasting the ball to each other. And yeah, it's. I think that's what takes you back to your youth and that's where you, you first find your love for the game. Yeah, the like jumpers for goalposts. Yeah, absolutely. Where yeah. it's just like, let's play Wembley doubles. Yeah, and the levers ripping off your ball and you carry yeah. it like that. <laughs> <laughs> and having played, you know, you mentioned the long days being a big difference, but what have you noticed as one of the biggest differences being in back in the WSL compared to playing at the end of WSL? I think the level of the league is so high at the minute. Um, you know, it, obviously you've got your top four teams, but I think there's so many other teams competing in there now and, and you know, it's not just the top teams winning all the time. There are little shake-ups, but... In the NWSL, it was extremely transitional. It was a um, lot less technical-based players, I think, and here it's more technical, tactical side of it is, is a lot um, 
don't want to say better, but it's it's definitely different. Um, but the league's brilliant at the minute. The standard of the league is so high. What were your ex- expectations like around that, having been away for so long? Obviously, I guess from the England girls, you have some kind of appreciation of what the league was like. But has it been different from from what you expected? Um, yes and no, really. I think I didn't. Don't think I came in with expectations because. I, don't, I did have some though, so I'm lying. I don't know. It's, <laughs> I think there was a lot of question marks around me as well. Is you know, I, I didn't join a top four team, and why didn't I do that? And you know, am I going to be able to achieve what I want to achieve at Villa? I didn't know much about the club. I didn't know, you know, there's so much that I didn't know, and I had expectations on, and I was worried that maybe I wouldn't get, I wouldn't excel the way I wanted to, because um, I'm not you know, in a top three, top four club. But I've always been a player that likes to be on an underdog team um, and I like the challenge. And, you know, when I spoke to Carla and the club, I heard about the three-year plan and it was something that I really wanted to be a part of. But obviously I've watched the league for years. I've watched my friends play and always knew the, knew the level of the league was high. Um, but I think just being in and around it, it is so competitive, uh, a lot more than what I remember from 10 years ago. <laughs> And has it been satisfying as well, I guess, because Villa have been like kind of the great underdog story and there's been some amazing wins. It Was there an element of being like, I guess, especially with the position change, like this is a real opportunity to, to show show people who I am at a club where maybe like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how to put it into words, but sometimes you look at the bigger clubs, right? Like City or Chelsea and it, it's like, oh, it's all the the money and that's how they build these amazing teams and blah, blah, blah. but like an opportunity to be like no like this is me and me being like a leader in that team as well as well as like contributing the goals and stuff yeah of course I think it was a challenge for me obviously again coming in playing forward in in where the country where everyone thinks I'm a defender uh, was a, <laughs> was a challenge in itself and I think it, it's I appreciate even more that I'm scoring maybe more goals and you know in a team that isn't in the top three isn't I'm not getting as many chances and I like that because we dig deep and that's the team that we are that's what we're about we we you know we create a lot of chances out of nothing really we're quite scrappy and, and gutsy and I, I love that um but it was a challenge because I, I did think you know what if what if I can't score the goals that I want to score and you know but I think the leader piece is yeah I want to help the young'uns I want to Make them flourish, bring them through, give them snippets of my experience, and and get them on the pitch and enjoying their football away. I have throughout my career, and I think that's what is special about the Villa team is that we are very close. So you want to do it for each other so badly. Not saying that you know other teams do that, but I think that's again how we are off the pitch is kind of translated to what we do on the pitch. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I love Villa. I think it's a really special club. It's a special. The way we've built it, you know, the way Carla's built it up has been brilliant and the players that she's brought in have, have shown that as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying it, really enjoying it. And what's the bit, the biggest aspect of the fan culture here? Because you're a Leeds fan, so you know, you know, you know what it's like to. You need to stop saying that because it's really depressing me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a QPR fan, so yeah. hard relate. Okay, cool. But um, like, what is your favourite thing about English football culture? Because it is different playing in the States. Like, it is a different culture. Football is not their biggest sport there. So what do you like about being back in England and playing football? 
Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, for me, it's the best sport in the world, and I think most English people see that. Um, but the culture is so fun. I love it. I think just the excitement for games. I mean, obviously in America they do things like tailgating and. and stuff I remember like that. after the Challenge Cup, actually, there's that video of you like coming in on a truck or something with like <laughs> yeah. some beer cans. So I suppose you you don't get that here. That's the only thing. No, but, but like the pub culture and stuff. I think yeah. it's it's what brings people together and. Loads of people slagging teams off and, <laughs> you know, like, oh, he's not very good, she's not very good. And then coming after the game in the same pub and like, he was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I love that and I, I grew up with that. Yeah, um, obviously yeah, yeah. being a Leeds fan and, you know, I used to go to loads of the games, had season tickets with my dad. And from a young age, I was I was exposed to that, going to the pub before the games, going to the, in, the, um, in and around the stadium at halftime and, on the concourse and everyone just going mad if if you're losing and and just mental if you're winning and I, yeah so so I've been I've I've been in and around that and I love that and I think you see that you're starting to see that a bit more at women's games as well so hopefully that keeps coming because I do like that vibe more rivalry is what you're saying absolutely that's why I wanted <laughs> Birmingham to come up this year <laughs> yeah I was gonna ask like I feel like our culture is like a, a tad more Aggie I would say like me and Flo are on the were you on this, the bus to the um, USA England semi-final in the World Cup oh, yeah. and the USA fans were singing Party in the USA Miley Cyrus and we were chanting some uh, much more choice words than they were <laughs> um, and I think like the women's game has like started to have that um a bit more ag to it um it, do you want that do you want it to be more like yeah feisty? if it was up to me i'd say go into all the local pubs around the stadium <laughs> and say get in this game um <laughs> uh, no you know again it's 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 hard isn't it because as a women's football teams you know it, it's been really good in the sense it's created the atmosphere for families it's a nice family day out which is great we want all them to keep coming but at the same time how do we, you know, get the rowdy fans to come in as well? And, you know, you want it to be a nice environment for the families and for the kids, but we want the fans as well to, like, really be honing on. I'm a diehard Villa fan. I'm coming to the women's game. I'm going to the men's game. I'm just a Villa fan. Mm. Um, and I'm sure every other team can say the same. You know, you, you want fans that come back and you want fans to enjoy your football. And they don't just say, I'm a Villa men's fan. They're a Villa fan and they come to both games. Um but yeah, I think that atmosphere at football is, and it's you know what, it's getting better. Like for Villa, I've noticed so much, so much more of an improvement over the year. They've um, had some brilliant attendances this season. Yeah. yeah, I think the biggest turning point we went to West Ham away in the cup, and they brought a couple of buses, and they were class. Like they were way louder than the West Ham fans. We heard them the whole game, and yeah, the, the away support has been brilliant from them really this year. Really, really good. And obviously at home, the numbers are getting bigger and bigger. And and the Chelsea game was brilliant. Like, it actually felt like. You know, even though it wasn't, it felt completely full in Walsall. And, yeah. But yeah, the fans are brilliant. I really enjoy the Villa fans. Yeah, I think we are certainly... We've um, been told off for swearing at women's football matches. We've been told off for standing up. So we're very Chelsea, much... Leon. Very much we're on the We're on the cause with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think there is a shift and I think you can have both. I think people think that you can't have both. You can't have like the good family yeah, but I, 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 For me, it's like, that's what the stadiums are for. Yeah. That's what the sections are for. So you go to a Villa game, you look at the whole end. That's all the diehard Villa fans. They're standing the whole game. Not one person in that side is sitting down. Yeah. And they're swearing, they're shouting, they're doing. They're just diehard Villa fans. And you go to the other side, it's nice atmosphere. You've got the family got section. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I, I, I absolutely think there should be both, of yeah. course, because 
you know, <laughs> maybe not all kids are going to be brought up like I was, thrown into the thick of it. <laughs> oh, trust and me. Swearing and shouting. Yeah. But no, there's got to be both and there can be both. And I think the problem that we've seen in the women's game is that they don't open the other sections because it needs more security guards. It needs more people working to sell food and drinks and that's been the issue. Um, you know, we, we had this conversation the other day and say at Villa Park, like if they open up the whole end for the women, what's that going to look like? Is that going to attract more fans? Because they can say, I'm in the whole end. Might not get that opportunity at a men's game. So could we see that side being opened up as well? And yeah, I, I do think that's what stadiums are for, to separate the two. Um but it's definitely got better at Villa games. I think you can really see behind the goals and stuff. There's more fans. And they, when I first came, they only opened the, the opposite section when you walk out. But now behind the goals are open. And it's as a forward, I want to be scoring in goals where mm. either home fans or away fans are. Mm. Um, and then you can do a little ear cut. <laughs> I don't know if you saw before the arsenal Wolfsburg game just recently... We were at kind of one of the local pubs and massive, like packed out. And then Leah Williamson came in, Legend. started pulling some pints, <laughs> put some money behind the bar. Kim She's Little in on this up. pub, yep. pub yeah, football fan there's cause. A lot of, she like, wanted to get everyone round it. <laughs> there's a lot of pro. Um, I think, you know, I think there is a bit of a shift and the supporters group are working hard to create that as well. And it can be a fine balance. But I think it's been great this season to see like a real evolution and like progression in women's football fan culture and... I think we're seeing that as well. But yeah, we're definitely team pub. Oh, I'm a team pub. <laughs> Do you get I'm to go to the pub much though? Probably not, no? Not as much as I'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I d a lot of the girls like the pub and stuff in yeah. the team. So we do, yeah. Yeah, because you're all legends, man. <laughs> villa is the pub team, clearly. That's where I feel like that suits like a real like villa image. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's pub vibe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, it, is it coming home? Again, it's already come Sorry, home, so is it, two is point it, home. Is it going away to Australia and coming home with you again? <laughs> I've got to get selected first. <laughs> That's my PC answer. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, thank you so much for your time. It's been brilliant. We really appreciate you coming and chatting to us. And um, yeah, we hope you enjoyed it as well. It's been all right. No, I'm <laughs> Yeah, it's been great. Thank you for having me.